The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is, well, Tuesday, March 23rd. If you are listening to this, if you're watching us on YouTube, it is Monday, March 22nd. We're in the middle of a bunch of basketball games on CBS and uh, a very enticing March Madness. But we are here to break down everything NFL-related. Joining me to do so, Ryan Wilson. Hey, John Breach. What's up, fellas? Yep, yep. Um, I know people like to talk about this, so we got an update. Breach is actually a 3.0 on the USTA tennis scale, the same as Brinson, even though he hasn't played in 20 years. So, again, that matchup will happen sometime either early 2022 or even later this year. So look forward to that. Brinson will probably take his whooping. Whether he takes it like a man, that's another matter. I will be training three hours a day for the next <laughs> 11 months. And I'm going to buy one of Pete Sampras's old rackets off of eBay. <laughs> and it's probably going to be wooden. I don't even care. I'm going to destroy Brinson with it. What if you going to be with a wooden racket? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is 2021 is, is uh, what do the kids call? It's when it's something's going well. Lit. It's lit. The get the <laughs> gift, the gift, that the, the lit that keeps on litting. Is that a thing? No, it should no. be. I'm going to start saying it. I'm going to put it on a shirt. Uh, on this episode, we're going to recap a bunch of recent free agency news. Probably be a kind of a tight episode. We'll see how that goes. Uh, in the feed, of course, Mock Draft Monday 6.0 with Ryan Wilson. And as I mentioned, basketball all over the place. Tons of college basketball happening. And the madness, the madness is in full swing. And the Iron College Basketball Podcast is your audio guide for the entire NCAA tournament. Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander will continue to provide breakdowns and daily recaps as we enter the second weekend of the tourney. If you want the best March Madness analysis, subscribe to the Iron College Basketball Podcast anywhere you find this show. Uh, we mentioned it on the Mock Draft Podcast, but worth diving into because wide receivers are getting signed. We saw Kenny Galladay. Four years, $72 million, with $40 million guaranteed to the Giants. And Juju Smith-Schuster, one year, $8 million to the Steelers. Breach, which one of those deals do you like better? Uh, the one that is half the price of the other one. Uh, I, I, you know, like, great for the Giants getting Kenny Galladay. He's going to help their offense. But if my options are to pay $18 million per year for Kenny Galladay or get Juju Smith-Schuster 
for $8 million and only one season. So maybe, uh, you know, Juju has a huge year and you have to give more money next year. Uh, but for 2021, it feels like the big winner out of those two deals is the Steelers. I mean, it, it feels like they got a steal, <laughs> pun intended, uh, with Smith-Schuster. And, and so, I mean, it's surprising. And, and maybe Ryan can, uh, you know, talk about this a little bit more. But were you surprised that Juju took such a team-friendly deal? Yeah, a couple things. And Brinson and I talked about that on the Sunday podcast. The thing, Brinson noted, Galladay's 27. He's old, number one. Juju's only 24, and they came out at the same time, I do believe, um, which makes sense because they were up for free agency. I, clearly, I like the Juju Smith-Schuster deal better because it's one year, $8 million, as you pointed out, breach. But also, it's even cheaper by about $7 million than the fifth-year option would have been had Juju been a first-round pick. So not only are you saving that $7 million, you're getting Juju back for one year for $8 million, presumably because he wasn't considered a number one receiver in free agency, and that's why he wasn't taken uh, wasn't signed immediately and sort of needed a few days to figure out what he was going to do and then decided to go back uh, to Pittsburgh. Um, there were reports that Kansas City was interested and he didn't want to have to compete for snaps with Tyreek and, and Travis Kelsey. And JLC reported that the Ravens were very interested, offered him more money, but he didn't want to go to a team that runs the ball all the time. So he thought his best chance to, to cash in big in 2022 was to go back to Pittsburgh for a year. And look, the Cedars cap situation will be better now that they're having to cut everyone. They'll probably win four football games next year. Um, and maybe they'll have the money to, to bring back Juju if that's what they decide to do. But yeah, I think that makes the most sense. I love Kenny Galladay, but I didn't know he was 27 until Brinson pointed it out. So this is probably his last big money deal. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's part of the problem for the Giants. So the, the, the Juju signing for the Steelers feels like, you know, smart bargain shopping by Pittsburgh to bring back a guy that they know about, a young guy, um, you know, somebody who I guess we thought there was a chance they would franchise tag, but maybe maybe a chance for Juju Smith-Schuster to sort of grow and develop and play well this year to to show that he can be a true number one or to fit. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I like Pittsburgh bringing him back. I just think you're like, I think there's a chance that Juju isn't great moving forward. I think there's a chance that not, not isn't great, but like it doesn't. I think there's a good, good chance Juju doesn't morph into an elite top five wide receiver. I also think there's a chance that Kenny Galladay doesn't morph into an elite top five wide receiver. And if I'm taking that chance, I'd rather take it on the guy for $8 million. I think Kenny Galladay's better. I'd rather have him. I think he's, you know, gives you more of a threat down the field. Um, you know, you need some big play explosion there in, uh, in, in New York. And I think he's a great fit for what they have, but that's a lot of money to shell out. And it could look like if the Daniel Jones thing doesn't work out, you're going to be stuck with Ken, an expensive Kenny Galladay and no quarterback. They got Mike yeah. Glennon. I do and, have my, I do have my Glennon. One thing about Galladay's deal is that uh, Florio had something at Pro Football Talk that said, as far as all the reports out there, is that Galladay's highest offer, besides what he ended up getting from the Giants, was $13 million per year, and that was from the Bengals. Why don't you take that, Galladay? Go, <laughs> go catch passes from Joe Burrow. My God, you do doesn't make sense. But so the Bengals were apparently offering 13 million. The Bears were offering somewhere in the range of 11 to 12 million. And so all of a sudden the Giants just fly in there and and blow all these other offers out of the water, even though they didn't have to. You could offer them 15 million a year and uh, he probably would have taken it if he didn't have anything else close to that number. And it doesn't sound like he did. And so. You know, so, Breach, has Galladay said why he went to New York? Because I like the idea of Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay in Chicago. I mean, they need a quarterback, obviously, but at least there's you're not having to do all the, the legwork. You can sort of 
do what you did in some sense in Detroit with, with Marvin Jones. Uh, yeah, he had, uh, uh, he talked to the press on Saturday and just said he's excited about playing in the offense. You know, the, the normal stuff you would expect someone to say huh. after taking the money and, and not choosing your team based on necessarily your best fit. Yeah, this is very clearly, uh, Who's offering me the most money? Because I'm 27. I'm going to sign a four or five year deal. It's going to be the only contract I probably, well, I guess he could play three years of this deal and then it could get, you know, you could see him hit free agency again at the age of 30 and he could get a, like a smaller deal. Like I don't think, but this is the first and he'll be 30, only. He'll be 31 when he hits it. I'm just thinking if he plays out three years and then they cut him. Which oh, is, I see. Yeah. You know and here's your exact answer. He was asked, what made the giant situation so attractive to you? Uh, Kenny said, quote, just the pieces on offense. Those guys actually kind of reached out to me, and I like the vision that Coach Joe Judge and offensive coordinator Jason Carrot had as far as the offense, and I was all the way in. Unquote. I will say Joe Judge is a bigger, is an easier sell than Matt Nagy at this point. And Zach Taylor. Yeah, but how about, how about Jason Garrett? Yeah, but he he probably knows. I'm sure Joe Judge is like, listen, Jason Garrett's going to be here two more weeks. And that'll be uh, but <laughs> I will say that I think when you look at the Kenny Galladay contract, that it is quite clearly a like a shot. I said it on yesterday's show, and I'm just going to repeat it again. It is Dave Gettleman doubling down on himself and his previous plans for the Giants and trying to shove all in on him, and by giving Daniel Jones a quarterback and saying, I don't care about our cap situation. I'm going to jam this Kenny Galladay contract underneath it because the cap hit for this year, uh, so he has a signing bonus of $17 million. The cap hit for Kenny Galladay, like his base salary in 2021 is $1 million. His cap hit is $4.65 million, which is hilariously low for a first-year free agent signing um, in, the, in the modern NFL. His, his cap hit next year, $21.15 million, which is a ton, mm -hmm. uh, especially if this thing only smooths out and you, would, you can't save any money by cutting him. Um, in 2023, his cap hit is $21.4 million, and you can uh, save $11 million by cutting him. And then in 2024, his cap had also $21.4 million, and the Giants can save $15 million by cutting him. I, and they're going to have it, uh, they have $3.4 million in dead cap space on avoidable fifth year, it looks like. So this is pretty, like, pretty obviously a contract that was designed to, it's, it's a, I'm not sure we're going to get somebody in the draft. We got to, I want to, I want to get Kenny Galladay. I think he'll help Daniel Jones and we're going to smash this into the cap regardless of, uh, of the financial implications situation. Yep. Sounds about right. Yep. They got Kyle Rudolph. They got, uh, we talked about it yesterday. They have uh Darius Slayton. They have, um, Sterling Shepard coming back. They um, have John Ross, former John Ross. top 10 pick John Ross. And they have Saquon coming back. The offensive line is a concern, but I mean, they do. You know, if, you know, if John Ross is good in New York, it doesn't reflect well on the Bengals, right? Hey, look, he ain't going to be. Good I know how football works, Princeton. I understand. <laughs> you're, you're like, former top 10 pick, John Ross. You may remember him as the team that the guy that my team drafted over Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> oh. I don't remember him like that. That doesn't make sense. The Bengals didn't need a quarterback in that draft, Princeton. They're not the right. Bears. Bengals clearly needed a quarterback. Andy Dalton was washed. It was very obvious. He's very defensive about the tennis conversation. Breach. It's crazy. It's now, just, now I'm just going to beat him. I was going to let him win a few games in tennis. <laughs> now he's not winning any. What if you beat him 6-0, 6-0? I'm going to now for all the Bengals slander. 
it's, it's ridiculous. He's going to dress up in an Andre Agassi wig in Bengals colors, denim, like uh, acid wash shorts, and he's going to beat you 6-0, Yes. All right. <laughs> Broncos signed Justin Simmons, who we thought they might be going year for year on at the franchise tag to a long-term deal, giving him four years, $61 million. And they also went out and signed in free agency Kendall Fuller to a one-year $9.5 million deal, having already added Ronald Darby. Do we think that the Denver Broncos are morphing into more of a contender than Ryan Wilson originally thought? No, until they fix the quarterback situation, they are not. And that's that's the reality. I mean, uh, as I said, you guys aren't allowed on the Chargers bandwagon. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. We'll see what happens to the Raiders. Uh, they, they've made some curious moves early the first week of free agency, and then they decided not to cut all their offensive line but to, to trade them. But they still need offensive line help, so we'll see what happens there. But I feel like Drew Locke is the wild card, and they'll get Cortland Sutton back, and, and they have Jerry Judy, and they have K.J. Hamler, and they have uh, Noah Fant. Uh, which is all great. They have um, Melvin Gordon. I think one more on one more year, one more year left in his deal. <clears throat> Offensive line isn't bad, but um, in the defense, they they've tried to solidify that. They can still probably use another cornerback, even with Darby and Fuller. But what what do you have in Drew Lock? And I think at the end of the day, that's that's the question. I mean, that's obviously the biggest question. But as far as looking at, uh just the Justin Simmons deal and basically everything the Broncos did over the weekend. They didn't just sign Simmons this long-term deal. They also signed Kyle Fuller, as you mentioned. And you know, if you're Denver and you're in the AFC West, what do you want? You want a strong secondary. So that Patrick Mahomes is now out there throwing for 700 yards against, you know, you know, we know that Broncos have guys who can rush the passer, uh, you know, keeping Von Miller, Bradley Chubb there. And, now they have a pretty strong secondary. I mean, you mentioned all the names there, Ryan, with Ronald Darby, uh, with Kyle Fuller, Justin Simmons, and we still don't know what's going to happen with Kareem Jackson. He could, and he didn't sign with anyone, did he? I think the Broncos not, are not thinking yet. about keeping him, but nothing's been decided there yet. And and he's not a bad safety. So if you keep him, you have a pretty good starting four in your secondary, uh, which is exactly what you want when you're facing Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert and to a somewhat lesser extent, Derek Carr, twice a year. I thought that the Broncos, did they work out something where they're going to keep Vaughn? Am I crazy? Yeah, they they picked up his option. Yeah, they picked up his option. So he's coming back for sure. Unless they trade him. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's much of a trade asset, honestly. Um, I look, Man, KC's the obvious favorite in this. You know, division. I mean, they're going to, if Mahomes plays 16 games, they're going to win the division. But I think you can make the case that Denver has a really good looking team outside of Drew right. Locke, who is a, a question. No mark. one's not making that case, but what does that translate to in terms of wins? Because last year I, I said they're going to make the playoffs, and that blew up right in my face. Well, I guess I'm wondering do you, would you, would you take the Raiders or the Broncos right now? I mean, they're both going to be sitting at eight and eight or worse, I feel like, right now. So it doesn't matter. I guess if you're all in on the Chargers, you're all out of the Broncos and Raiders. Yeah, you're not going to have three teams that division go. But if you're asking, just out of those two teams, just out of the Raiders and Broncos, uh, I'll probably take the Broncos. I think I, I would, might just take the Raiders. Uh, I would well, much, I would much rather have the Broncos. I think the Broncos are a lot you closer. You just said, and you agree with this, think about it, John Gruden coached his butt off. Um, yeah, unfortunately, year. he's not very good at personnel moves. Yeah, but, I mean, okay, in-game, who would you rather have, him or Vic Fangio? Um, 
Gruden for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a that's a fair point. And Vegas I, agrees with me, according to Debo. Plus twelve hundred for uh, the Raiders to win the division. The Broncos are plus plus sixteen hundred. I'll definitely take the Broncos at that value. And then you will throw. I mean, I wouldn't don't don't bet on either one of those. But I'm yeah. saying, like, if you, if I had to, like, if I had to pick, if you're giving me better odds on the Broncos, I'm taking them over the the Raiders. I mean, like, anything can happen in football. That seems pretty. Not anything. Like the Bengals can't win the Super Bowl. That can't happen. That's yeah. incorrect. They are one of 32 teams eligible to win it, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, won't, they won't win it. Let me put it that way. Then. I I would say this. Our if course. I it, if if I were betting on the AFC West, I know this sounds crazy, but I would actually I actually think the Broncos are the best the bet I would make. That's because that's not smart. Probably not, but I'm not taking the the Chiefs at minus 400 is just insane. That's why you take the Chargers at plus 475 at that. No, like, five to one for the Chargers. I feel like the Broncos at 16 to one is just more value. But you know it's not going to come. Sixteen through. to one to win the division. But you know, Chargers aren't winning the division. They could, like if you know, if um, Chad Henney has to come in for a month or something. You if Chad Henney, if Chad Henney comes in for a month, then the Broncos are live too. Why? Who's their quarterback? Uh, Drew Lock can improve. You're just trying to talk yourself into throwing money away. That's fine, but I mean, don't bet the, the Broncos at sixteen. Don't bet the Broncos at sixteen million to one. Like, Unless <laughs> you think they're going to bring in a quarterback. Who right. is going to okay. take the job from Drew Locke? Because then you get the number That's uh, before. And know, by the way, that, that quarterback they bring in could also include present-day John Elway as being an upgraded quarterback for the Broncos. That is true. Uh, but it's hard. It's just betting the AFC West, it's hard to bet against a team that went 14-1 and with its starter. So like you can say there's better value somewhere else, but there's not if the Chiefs are just going to roll through the division uh, you know, and it's hard to see. Obviously, the Raiders beat them once, handed them that only loss last what was season. The Raiders were second in that division last year. How many games did they win? Uh, I think seven to nine or eight and eight. Oh my gosh! So they were either eight and eight, and the Chargers were seven and nine, and the Broncos were below that. Like minus four hundred actually feels like a bargain for the Chiefs. Yeah, <laughs> my yeah, the Raiders are eight and eight. You have to, but you just have to lay four hundred. You have to. You have to oh. outlay $400 to win 100 It sits there for like nine months. Right. And then you, you see things like Patrick Mahomes get hurt. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. And, and yes, I mean, but right. The Broncos 5-11. and 11. There's, not, there's not a whole lot of reason to think anyone else will win the division. So let's not linger on it too long. In fact, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get some more free agents. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, so uh, of, no of note, man, it's getting a little thin out there, kids. Um... These are good names. I like these names. Yeah. Anthony Harris. All right. Yeah. They're all one-year deals. I mean, these guys are famous. 
<laughs> These guys are fake. Anthony Harris, I think, was a pro bowler. I don't know if yeah. last year, but definitely year before. And I think this Xavier, is a- Adam Azer was trying to suggest that uh, that uh, Xavier Rhodes is like a like a top fifty all time cornerback at one point this season. It was crazy. I mean, he, he refound his game last year in Indianapolis. So I think that makes sense. But the year before that, Mike yeah, was certainly was a huge fan. But right. Anthony Harris, I'm shocked that he only he feels like the Juju Smith Schuster. Of free agency. Why is he getting the same as Kenny Neal, that one year $5 million deal? He went to the Eagles, of course. Kenny Neal went to the Keanu Neal, excuse me, Kenny Neal. Who's Kenny Neal? Keanu Neal went to the Cowboys. Keanu Reeves? <laughs> yeah, Kenny Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Reeves in the Matrix, starring John Breach. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the Anthony Harris thing, I would imagine that makes Debo. I would be, be excited about getting someone like yeah. Anthony Harris, who's an absolute ball hawk and um, one of the best free safeties in the NFL, I feel like. But maybe he's having to do the Honey Badger thing that we talked about. On the, on the Sunday night podcast, the just suck it up for a year and then make your money in the back on the round two, 12 months from now. And, and it is weird because it's not even like Juju Smith Schuster level bargain. This is like in a tier of its own because, you know, there's some, uh, I think teams are hesitant to think that Juju is a number one wide receiver. So it didn't seem like he was going to get number one wide receiver money. Nobody thought he was going to get $18 million a year, but nobody thought, you know, he was going to go all the way down to 8 million. But as far as Anthony Harris goes, you hit the nail on the head, Ryan. This, it, it, I mean, this is one of the best safeties in the NFL signing a $5 million deal. Are you kidding me? So He's, I, he's basically, according to the Eagles, two times better than Mr. Trubisky, which isn't true. <laughs> I don't know. You could put Anthony Harris at quarterback. I think he'd do better than Trubisky would <laughs> exactly. at safety. Exactly. Uh, and so now, all of a sudden, you know, two years ago, we were talking about how big of a weakness the Eagles secondary was. And I think we joked about it all year. Uh, and just the fact that it was horrible. Now you have Anthony Harris, Darius Slay. It's in the same secondary. So this has gone from a weakness to something that should be a strength this year. And, 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 maybe, um, and maybe Stephon Gilmore if they trade down with the Patriots. Yeah, I was going to ask Breach. Breach, what do you think about this trade? So the Eagles are currently at 12. The Patriots are at 15. If you're the Eagles, you have Anthony Harris, you have Darius Slay. Would you trade down to 15 with the Patriots for their number one, the 15th pick, and Stephon Gilmore? Eagles yeah. are at Eagles are at six. You said 12 right. based on your oh, trade that you had sorry. in your mock draft. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. They, they originally at six on planet Wilson. They're on they're at 12. I was about to say, if I'm trading from 12 to 15, it's a no brand. That'd be the <laughs> easiest decision. In the, like, I'm calling the league office and right now, uh, but trading from six to 15, I think it just depends if you're planning on taking a quarterback, which I know Ryan, you get uh, beat up on Twitter all the time. Anytime you have the Eagles taking a uh, quarterback in your mock draft, then you can't do the trade because you have to figure out how to get that quarterback in the draft, and it's not going to happen. You don't. Let's wanna... say they're they're fine with Jalen Hurts. If you are fine with Jalen Hurts, then I'm making the deal. So I mean, that's a legit secondary. You get the 15th pick, and then you know, maybe I, to... I mean, if I'm the Eagles, I kind of what are, what are, what are the Eagles' odds? Do we? Do... I'm pulling a Wilson. Sorry, but what do we think the, <laughs> the Eagles' odds to win the division? Because I don't think they will. But I'm at least like curious. Got to be close. They're... All those odds have to be close. Six Cal... to one. Cowboys are plus 100. Football team plus 280. Eagles Ooh. plus 425. Giants plus 525. Wow, Giants are last. So I thought got, about it a little bit more. 
I would not do that deal. I know I said different on the podcast. Just oh, Stephon Gilmore being 30 years old and, and the Eagles not having a, an immediate path to the playoffs or true contention this year. Mm. You know, you're in your year one, you think, with, with Jalen Hurts. I think you give him an offensive weapon or a long-term offensive tackle rather than, like, trying to make something happen just for 2021 when ultimately not a lot's going to happen in 2021. So I was more of a long-term vision after I thought about it rather than, like, the short-term I would convince myself, like, oh, look at this secondary. We can compete, but that's probably fool's gold a little bit. Yeah, he's 30. I didn't know that. That's too Yeah, that's And too he's deep. only got one year left on his contract. Oh, yeah. no, he no. wants a new deal. That's the problem. What about 15, Stephon Gilmore, and Jared Stidham? Does that make it any sweeter? <laughs> that's, a, that's a no. Okay. Give me um, a, those odds are crazy, though. The Giants finished one game out of first place. And they have the worst odds in the and NFC East. They've gotten. A, we've talked about this yesterday. They, they've gotten a lot better. I think the Eagles feels like the the most chaotic team, which is what I always call them. But I don't like. I think I took the Giants. You took the football team yesterday when we talked about this as the yeah. possible favors. No one took the Cowboys. Are you taking the Cowboys, Breach? Oh, uh, you think Bree, Breach got reprogrammed for another year? Happening. That is incorrect. It did not. Jerry Jones only paid for one year. He didn't re up. I'm Andy off Dalton the Cowboys bandwagon. And Andy Dalton left. I have no reason to take the Cowboys. I would actually, right now, I'm leaning Washington or New York. And at those odds, oof, I mean, Again, I, New York of, looks nice. Of the three of us, and I'm sure Debo isn't taking the Cowboys, none of us is taking the Cowboys in the division, which is bonkers. Yeah. I feel like the Cowboys are going to be the obvious top pick by a lot of people. I'm, I was a little worried that the too many people were on Washington, but I think the Giants will get some buzz. You know, honestly, the more I sort of look at it, I, maybe the Eagles aren't as bad off as we think. Well, Jalen Hurts has to play better than Drew Locke. That's sure. a start. That's a starting point. There um is Miles Sanders. How do you feel about Miles Sanders, Debo? Love him. I love him. Okay. Miles Sanders, Penn State. You know Debo loves. No, him. I don't I don't yeah, like but, Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, that's okay. I, I didn't know because he was injured for oh, you didn't like him chirping. No, I mean I, I despise Saquon Barkley, so <laughs> Oh why do you why do you despise Saquon? I just don't really care for those players once they enter the league. Um but Those yeah, players, like Giants players? No, no Eagles or Penn State players. Yeah. I don't I don't Dude, latch on to Garrett I Bradbury for the next like 16 years like Brinson. So this is a little oh. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a little bit like your love life where you just kind of use and abuse and spit them out in college and then uh and then uh you, you did some what's a very unfair way to put it, but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's probably fair. Um, I'm just kidding. Diva, you're a you're you're clearly a classy gentleman. Um does the Cowboys signing Keanu O'Neill change anyone's opinion about the defense getting better in terms of how we have them ranked in the division? No, but I do think that to start Keanu O'Neill is a really nice signing for his skill set versus what everyone else in the division does, which is with Jalen Hurts there, run with Jason Garrett in New York run. Yeah. And with, you know, with Washington run, like I, I think Keanu Neal is a nice addition. Cause he, he you know, he's going to get down in the box. He's going to lay wood on dudes. If he's, if he's healthy and that's a, you know, I, not as great, not as great in coverage, but I don't think that I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I guess I'm just saying with this division, I think that is a nice signing because of how all those teams operate. Yeah, that's right. They also signed sign kidding Neal. So that helps. Yeah. They were talking about one year, five million Same as Anthony Harris, which is, Head scratching. Yes. Good job by the uh, Colts to bring back Xavier Rhodes on a one-year deal. I think he played, like you said, Wilson, he played well last year mm -hmm. um, and they need him. You know, that defense at times was really good. 
Matt Eberflus made some great adjustments in the second half of games last year. Um, but then, you know, at times it would sort of kind of disappear and, and they would need to, but like, I think they're going to, I think the Colts, unless Carson Wentz just f- flips the switch, the Colts are going to need to be a lot better on defense and a lot better. And, and they're going to need to, they're gonna, or not a lot better. They're going to need to be as good in the run game and as good on defense as they were last year to have as much success as they did last year with Carson Wentz, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Breach is of the opinion that Carson Wentz will actually flip the switch. Is that right, Breach? I am of that opinion. I think that Wentz being good is going to help that defense, which didn't need a lot of help because they were really good last year. They're returning, I think, 9 of 11, 10 of 11 now that Rhodes is resigned. So I think maybe, uh, depending on what... Yeah, so they've got, I think, 10 of 11 starters back, and so they should be just as good as they were last year. And you throw Carson Wentz in there and... If he gives you a slight upgrade over Phillip Rivers, I mean, we saw what this team did last year. The offense was pretty good with Rivers. Obviously, they finished 11-5. and And so if Wentz just gives you a slight upgrade, I mean, you're talking about a team that can win 12 games, maybe 13 games. Is that crazy? Good Lord, you hear that? Slight upgrade over Rivers, Brenton. You didn't respond to that because you're focused on something else. And 13 wins. (laughs) I'm not focused on NBA Top Shot and the March Madness at all. Um, (laughs) I, uh, I consider... I consider that to be one of the dumbest things I've heard anyone say this offseason. He said some pretty dumb things. What? Phillip Rivers is just better than Carson Wentz. So oh, yeah. if the Colts win 12 games, you'll get a Carson Wentz tattoo? Uh, I No, I will not. <laughs> ah, so you're scared what of Carson. If, what if the Colts win 12 games with Carson Wentz and Breach beats you 6 6 uh, I, if, if Breach beats me 6060, I'll, I'll get a tattoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did it, Breach. The pressure's on. I'm I, gonna got, pay... I got, a, got a top shot pack. Oh, Pretty exciting. God. 59K slid right under there. Oh, I'm going to pay. I'm going to send Breach like how they send the, the, the draft prospects to Arizona to train. I'm sending Breach <laughs> to a, a tennis training center. Send me to Florida. That's where, to Bradenton. That's where all the, the big things <laughs> are. Next six months. I'm going to live there. Oh god, that'd be worth it. Um, so yeah, the um, the Colts are not better with Carson Wentz. They could like I'm beginning Phillip to think Rivers, that- Colson, Car- Phillip Rivers is like better statistically in 2019 than or 2020 than Carson Wentz was in 2017. But I'm starting to think that Carson's going to be comfortable with Frank Reich, and I, I think that maybe the pressure will be off. He'll be in Indianapolis, which is a Midwestern sensibilities town as opposed to Philadelphia where they try to kill Santa Claus, yada, yada, yada. I, I His think offensive it, line is 10 times better. He's got, I mean, weapons. There's just a lot to like about what he might be able to do in Indy. Plays in, plays indoors, the whole thing. All right, I, I'm, I'm coming around. We'll see. That said, I don't I don't know. They'll be better than the Texans. i got to figure out the rest of the division. <laughs> good, good call there. Uh, the, Colts, right. the Colts are at plus 100 to win the division. Titans are plus 115. I don't get that. I think the Titans are a slam bet. Like, like, like slam? The, oh, that's because you, you hate Carson Wentz. Yeah. As the Nashville homer here, I do not think the Titans are a slam uh, bet there. I mean, they got because you're three. on the you're on the Colts this year. I, it is fun to see how this all shakes out. I always forget. Like, it's fun to see like the the alignment moves that we all make during the offseason. And you can <laughs> and you can but you can kind of tell like who's going to be on what team based on how like the early portion of the the podcast shakes out. And then of course the draft matters too. But you know, it's like clearly like 
there's a reversal of roles here where Breach is going to be the Colts guy and I'm going to be the Titans guy this year, <laughs> which is fun. Um, I, I mean, but real quick, like the Titans, they lost Corey Davis. They lost John U. Smith. So all of a sudden you're down quite a few targets. So unless you're going to give the ball to Derrick Henry 90 times per game. And then obviously there's still questions about their pass rush, even though they signed Bud Dupree. Yeah, Bud Dupree's coming up to ACL. They cut a Dory Jackson. They cut Malcolm Butler. So a lot of defensive questions too. That's fair. Um, I, and then like Wilson's kind of, you know, Wilson's trying he's to do, no Wilson's trying to do this thing where he's like, like he's going to let you know that he's the guy on the chargers. And even though the, the chargers are obviously the chargers, I know you are, but the chargers are obviously going to become the team that Come on early. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get in early. I know, I know. But you need to be tweeting out like the Chargers are this year's Super Bowl dark horse. Also, right. I'm on the Chargers too because I'm going. I'm on the Rams. The Rams are my team this year. I'm on the Chargers. I'm on. Uh, I think I'm going to go Giants over football team, and I might just go. Well, I might. I might just go Jaguars. I might go crazy. This is insane. Yeah. Wilson and I had seven of the same eight division winners picks last year. Now it's going to happen again. It's like we copy off each other when we I, not. I think I'm you said on a football team. So I think I'm on Titans, football team, Rams, and probably on the Chargers too, honestly. But sort of on the Broncos, I can't tell. Yeah, yeah I'm not getting on an AFC West team, so I know what the Broncos. If Drew Ox shows up to training camp as their quarterback, then I'll know that I'm not on the bandwagon. A lot's riding on Brandon Staley being good too. If he's Zach Taylor 2.0, we're in a world of hurt. That is that is true. So you know who you know who does have a bandwagon going? Joe Burrow, and he's got a offensive lineman. He took him out to a nice steak dinner. Riley Reef signed with the Bengals. They, they finally threw a band-aid, slapped a band-aid on the, the bleeding that was happening with the offensive line, their whiffs in free agency. Uh, Peter King pointed out on Monday morning, too. It's like it's kind of a bad sign when former Bengals guard, like former Bengals pro bowler Kevin Zeitler. It takes less money to sign with the Ravens and instead of coming back home and, and playing for the Bengals. Uh, but they ended up landing Riley Reif, Riley Reef, and by all accounts, Joe Burrow was like so in on trying to get someone to help him that he dragged uh, Riley out to a steak dinner and, and that's and he signed uh, almost immediately after that. The Bengals also ooh, released Geno Atkins and ooh, double ooh, traded Ryan Finley to the Texans. Yeah, we got to incorporate a Texans logo now, right? Yeah, might as well. Why not? That'll be on the other arm. So, Breach, let me ask you this. The Riley Reef thing makes a ton of sense, clearly. He's in his 30s, so age may be a factor. But in the mock draft that I had that came out Monday, I had the Bengals at number five with Panay Sewell on the board taking Jalen Waddle because they have Riley Reef and they obviously have John Williams coming back. Um, would you still take Panay Sewell there, or are you okay taking Jalen Waddle? Uh, I think I'd take Panay because I, I would want to get a tackle. If you can get the best tackle in the draft, sitting in your lap at number five, I think you have to take it. And I do think they need at least one more weapon. Like I would have been thrilled if Kenny Galladay signed with the Bengals. Obviously that didn't happen. So I do think they need to get another receiver in there. I don't you know. Can't, if they, you can't go receiver at the top of the draft. You, no, that's what I'm saying is I would not, if my choices are receiver or tackle, I'm going tackle, but I do like the way the Bengals offensive line is shaking out. And I know they've been talking. Uh, is that only because they cut Bobby Hart? Well, that was nice. <laughs> and I, you know, like, Riley Reef upgrade over Bobby Hart is like going from Matt Barkley to Tom Brady. You know, like this is. I keep, I keep forgetting they have Jonah Williams too. Yeah, they have Jonah Williams at left tackle. And so, you know, obviously, maybe you bring in someone on the interior offensive line. I know they were so talking. What do, you, what do you think about this, Subreach? Because I actually, sure. 
a scout texted me today after that mock draft came out and said they're not taking away, they're taking Penesul. <laughs> <laughs> and he said you just kick Jonah Williams inside because you know the thing with Jonah was that he has short arms, whatever, whatever. So you have Jonah That's Williams presumably playing next to either Penesul or, or Riley Reef, and then you have you know three birds with one stone to make up a, a saying. I mean, you go from having one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL to probably being top ten if Panay Sewell pans out. Uh, you know, if you have Jonah Williams at one of the guard spots, and I know they're looking at other guys still with maybe Trey Turner and uh, Nick Easton. I think Easton played was with the Texans and Turner's with the Chargers, and so those would both be upgrades from what the Bengals currently have. And so, I mean, this is looking to be a completely revamped offensive line. And that's the one thing, you know, when every Bengals fan pulled out their hair watching Joe Burrow go down in that Washington game, it was, oh, my God, if they don't do something about this offensive line, the first 48 hours of free agency, the Bengals didn't do anything. And you're pulling out more hair and you're saying, oh, my God, if they don't do something about this offensive line, uh, I might jump off the bandwagon. I would never jump off the bandwagon. Um, (laughs) So it is refreshing to see them do this. And, And honestly, if they have... A good to great offensive line. You know, we're talking about dark horses. I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying. Steelers could be wrapped up fourth in the division. Princeton's prediction comes true a year later. I I mean, I really... Okay, that actually could be true. Well, let me, to, I might have to run it back, babe. Just run it back. Steelers. You're running it back till it happens. Let me yeah. just put, put it this way. If you look at the betting odds in the AFC North, where's the value? Ravens plus 110. Browns plus 180, Steelers plus 340, yeah. Bengals plus 2000. You even take a flyer on that? Not think. no not to win the not to win the division. Plus 2000? What's that? 20 that's to a, 1. That's a 5% chance they win a division. That sounds high. <laughs> I mean, you're you're asking the Ravens and Browns and Steelers to all suck. Yeah, they don't have to suck. They the division got three teams in the playoffs. You could still well, send three. Here, here's what you have to happen. So let's say, so the Ravens have to go nine and seven. The Browns have to go eight and eight, and the Steelers aren't going to go better than eight and eight. So the question is, are the Bengals nine and seven tiebreaker or better? I don't, I mean, there's 10 wins out there for them. Maybe. No, there's not. I mean, <laughs> that's a, not a trick question. I, I need a rhetorical I, question. I just sort of would need you, Breach, to explain to me how the Bengals defense is going to be good. Well, if their offense is scoring 45 points a game, they don't have to be. That's the, that's <laughs> gotcha the key there. Got gotcha you there. <laughs> Guess I'll take that L. Yes. Next stop, game. 10 and six or 10. Yeah. Or, oh, great news though. Breach. If we're playing 17 games, they have an extra game to get to 10. Bad news. Oh, all the other teams play an extra game. So that, then that makes it. Breach is definitely going to find some way to like, <laughs> like, you said 10 wins last year, I think, didn't you? No, I said that that was the absolute ceiling was, I think, nine wins. Okay. I mean, the Bengals were, <laughs> the Bengals last year were 27th in defensive DVOA, and their defense was actually better than their offense. Yeah, and they haven't done anything defensively to get better. They lost I mean, Jackson. Defense, but like DJ Reader was their big free agency signing last season. He only played in five games uh, last year. And so, you know, now you bring in Trey Hendrickson. And again, I wasn't a huge fan of that sign, signing, but if, if DJ Reader's healthy, you have him on that line with Hendrickson. Uh, they just signed a little underrated signing was uh, Larry Ogdenobi from the Browns, which oh, good I, like, I like him on that line. Um, big, big, big L. He's a good, he's, he's a good player. UNC Charlotte guy. The defense is going to be better, which 
doesn't really say a lot. Mike so Hilton, he didn't bring that one up. Weird. I mean, I, I think the I, I, I don't I, I don't think the Bengals I think the Bengals are capable of taking a step on both sides of the ball. But they're but not I mean, winning ten games. If, if seven games feel like it might be a win for them, that's a huge that saves Zach Will, uh, Zach Wilson Zach uh, Taylor staff. <laughs> I mean, put ten dollars on the Bengals to win it all. Just the division, not the Super Bowl. You win two hundred. Do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm do it right now. I'm logging in. All right, well, let's see you do Get it. My login. And you're gonna have to post that on Twitter, please, because nobody <laughs> nobody believes that. Um, oh, NFL odds aren't up yet. So, oh. All right. Oh. What else do we have on this list of things to do? Oh yes, uh, Seahawks the, three sign Chris Carson. <clears throat> love that deal. Don't love the deal for Chris Carson. Two years, fourteen and a half million dollars. That's why really, not? That's a that's not terrible money. I mean, is he a top ten back? Probably. It's close though, right? I mean, you get to yeah. think about it. Yeah, he's been hurt some. I mean, in what they do in Seattle, you you know, you have to think that, that it's a big win for Seattle because having to lean on Rashad Penny would have been a problem, in my opinion. Um, I think it's sort of one of those, and I do I do uh, every Wednesday with Chuck and Buck out in uh, Seattle and KJR. Um, we were talking about Chris Carson. I was like, I think this is probably a guy who's taking a shorter deal. That's you know, two years that. It says two years, but it's actually one or three years, but it's actually two. And you go back and play for Seattle and you hope you have a really good season. And then you can, you know, what you can ultimately do is hit free agency again when the cap goes up. And so I think that's probably what you're looking at with Chris Carson. And you're hoping that you're healthy. I mean, there's no way he was going to get a, you know, a, a, a Dalvin Cook, a Alvin Kamara deal. No. Right. I think right. It, it makes sense. Or even a, who else got paid? Joe Mix. I mean, even a Joe Mixon deal. Wasn't he, wasn't he in the same draft 2017? Maybe. I don't know. I think so. Um, yeah, that, that that sort of deal just wasn't going to be there for, for Chris Carson, I don't think. Philip Lindsay on the Texans. What do we think? The Texans have, like, made 400, 400 of the weirdest moves. <laughs> weirdest moves ever, yeah. So uh, they have so Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay now in the backfield. Yep. They got rid of Duke Johnson, who's basically Philip Lindsay. Uh, they signed Chris Conley. Most importantly, they got Ryan Finley. They signed Tyrod Taylor, another quarterback. Ryan Izzo, formerly of the Patriots, and Marcus Cannon, formerly of the Patriots, which is not unusual given the Nick Casario connection. Shaq, I'm just going through the Shaq Lawson, the linebacker, Grugier Hill, the linebacker, Malik Collins, and then Derek Rivers, also at one point, formerly of the Patriots. So, yeah, a ton of, like, I don't have the numbers here, but I feel like this is the second most, perhaps, after the Patriots in terms of actual transactions. But they've added more than 20 players through free agency or trades. And, but at no point is anyone confusing them for the Patriots thinking that they're actually better than they were two weeks ago. No. It does feel like... Okay, I can't believe I'm saying this. It does feel a little bit like the way that Bill Belichick tried to attack the Patriots when he first got there. It, just in, sense, in the sense of you don't go out and spin big. You go out and just make some... You're trying to just build depth and build a better roster than people think you have. I mean, that's, I, I'm that's not, I, I get that, but they don't have any salary cap space for draft picks either, though, and they're going to lose a quarterback. Right. And well, that the quarterback thing is a, a whole other ball of wax. We had more masseuses come out and um, file civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson, and one with some very graphic and problematic allegations in it that I am almost certain we cannot discuss on this podcast. Yeah, I didn't read them yet. I saw them, but I didn't get a chance to read it. Oh, buddy, one of them is not good. Very graphic. And now, as of uh, we're recording this Monday at 
it's like 3 p.m. Eastern. There are 13 lawsuits in total. So that is a lot of uh, explaining that Deshaun Watson and his lawyer and everybody else representing him are going to have to be doing over the next few days. I mean, that is a wild number. 13 lawsuits. Not great. Not great. So, yeah, I mean, I think you look at the Texans and you feel like five to eight win team max. Is that too generous? Eight. How's that going to happen? Ah, stuff happens all the time in this league. I mean, the, bring, the Bengals are... Yeah, Bengals I was going to say, Brinson thinks the Bengals can win five games. Now he's saying that the Texans can win eight? Well, that's well, that's based on the idea that Deshaun Watson's coming back because they won't be able to trade him. Let me ask you this. If the Texans, if, if the stuff that's going on off the field with Watson, the allegations, if that causes the Texans to be unable to trade him until the draft, does he, who does he play for in 2021? 2021. Because I think it's the Texans. If you don't trade him before the draft, you're not trading him for 2021 draft picks after the draft, are you? I just read that thing. That's terrible. It's bad. The allegation. It's real bad. Sweet mercy. Okay. Uh, what's the question? <laughs> I, know, I was reading it. I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about my it's like my heavens. Cons- conspiracy theory. I mean, I, I, I do I do maintain that it is it's insane how all of these are civil lawsuits and they all came together at the exact same time in the exact same like 50 to 60 day window where the Texans were going to have to trade him. And everyone, even like you, John McClain's writing, the, the Texans have decided that, um, you know, that they're they've, like, it's, it's time they're going to do it. And then all of a sudden this all just lands. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people to land at the exact, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, Right. And I mean, there's a ton of ways to look at this, but it, uh, there is one, you know, like there's a power and numbers thing. You don't want to be the only person filing a civil lawsuit sure. against an NFL quarterback because that's, you know, people are crazy. They're going to say mean things to you and, and find you on social media and be horrible about it. And so when you and, have- and well, and also I would say this too, is like someone who's worked in a law office and if you're, if you have this case, you're not just going to like, you don't just like, like slap the lawsuit together and sprint to the courthouse and get it filed. You do your due diligence and try to reach out to other people to see if this, to see if there might be, you know what I'm saying? Like you, if you're the attorney, if you have more people who corroborate this behavior, it's going to make it, it's going to make the ability to win the civil lawsuit far easier. Right. And, you start to establish a pattern of behavior. Right. And, and you start to, you know, that this, the, uh, the, the attorney for the, the masseuses has also said he's going to request that a grand jury be convened. And when you do that, you really put pressure on the, the defendant, Deshaun Watson, in this case. So, I mean, I understand that there's a lot of research and all that goes, goes into it. I, I, I just also, I mean, I can't help but look at the timing and be like, man, that is, it's just wild how that timing worked. Because this is, this is something to me that usually pops up in June. Or, just, you know, like this is something that usually drops in the offseason. Well, either way, it ain't good for all people involved. No, it's not. Um, I I just think based on some of the newest ones that there's a good chance he stays with the Texans now. <clears throat> uh, as of yeah. Sunday, Aaron Wilson, Houston Chronicle had a report. So this is, I think there were seven lawsuits at that time. And he said that, Multiple teams remain interested, and those teams were the Eagles, Panthers, Jets, Dolphins, and 49ers. And we, I said it whenever we talked last week. NFL teams will forgive a lot. We don't know what's true or not true in this case, but they will forgive a lot. 
Yeah, but the two problems here. One, if you're at the team that trades for Deshaun Watson, like let's say the Panthers trade for him hypothetically, and you give up two or three first round picks, whatever it is, you trade for him, and then you're getting like the the headline of the Charlotte Observer is Panthers trade for Watson land, you know, comma with 22 lawsuits pending. Well, and, and you know, like their owner, their their former owner just got forced out because of problematic Correct. behavior. So if you're the Panthers, I'm not sure. And, and that's where as more allegations come out, I think you're going to start seeing teams kind of backtrack and say, all right, you know, we're just going to hold off and see how this plays out before we do anything crazy. Well, And presumably if you're a team that trades for Deshaun Watson, you are expecting to try to make a, a playoff and Super Bowl run in 2021. And we don't know how this is going to play out. And of, of course, you know, innocent until proven guilty. And this is a civil case. These are civil cases as well. So there's no actual, um, you, know, the, you know, innocence versus guilt. Um, it's preponderance of evidence. But, you know, the NFL is going to be monitoring this. And if, you know, if if it if it ends up, you know, that Deshaun Watson you know, is charged or, you know, however these things shake out, there's a decent chance that he misses multiple games. And so if you're an NFL team that's trying to make a push for the playoffs, try to win a Super Bowl, and you acquire Deshaun Watson, he misses multiple games, one, that obviously it hurts your case. It hurts your chances of doing that. And two, you're probably giving back first-round picks to the Texans, and those first-round picks are going to be a lot better if you don't have Deshaun Watson in those games. So it's a it's a really tough thing. I mean, obviously – the, the, the lawsuits matter more than anything, but it's a tough thing to try to balance if you're an NFL team making a move for for a guy of his talent, on-field talents. Yep. Okay. Indeed. The Oh, the Rams side to Sean Jackson. I really like that move. Yeah, they're making moves for a team that don't doesn't have a lot of wiggle room to make moves and not a lot of draft picks. So, you know, they're your favorites, as you mentioned, your dark horses. So they have Matthew Stafford, Leonard Floyd, Deshaun Jackson. Um. Lost Josh Reynolds, who signed, also signed with the Texans. Titans. Titans. Why did I think the Texans? Because they both start with T. Yep, you're right. Uh, uh, Don, Deshaun Jackson, real quick. Uh, he had three really good years playing under Sean McVay in Washington, 2014-2016. He led the NFL in yards per catch in two of those three years. So McVay definitely knows how to take advantage of Deshaun Jackson's talents. Uh, mainly, he's fast. And Matthew <laughs> Stafford has a rocket arm. So uh, that this is an interesting combo. I, I like this signing a lot. It's not a huge risk for the Rams. And, you know, Deshaun Jackson, it's kind of one last chance to win a Super Bowl, which is going to happen, according to Brinson. When, it, did, well, uh, when did Josh Reynolds sign with the Bengals? The Titans. Oh, today. I thought he said the Bengals. Oh, today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's like a, That's I, a great signing for the Bengals. If the, I mean, if the – I don't know how many games you can expect to get out of Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. He's He's been injured a lot in his career. But if you get, I mean, if you get six to ten games out of him with Matthew Stafford throwing that deep ball, he's going to put up some numbers. Yeah, he'll be like, um, you know, like Brandon Cooks, but not not nearly as as thick. He's much lighter than that, but that type of threat. He's a, he's even faster than Brady. I, I just think I, I like the signing because you have Robert Woods, you have Cooper Cup. You don't need to ask him. You don't need Deshaun to be some you know major exactly. impact guy. Uh, also, another signing I liked. The Jets got Sheldon Rankins, former first-round pick out of Louisville, played for the drafted by the Saints in 2016, $17 million deal over two years. I, I sort of like, you know, Rankins, Carl Lawson, Corey Davis. I like what the Jets are doing. I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender or anything like that, but I think they're actually putting some stuff together, and it's going to make uh, their situation in the draft even more interesting 
than it has been before. Yep, Lamarcus Joyner as well, who had a uh, uh, coming off the year with the Raiders, so they they get uh, depth there. Jared Davis, the Lions, Keelan Cole, so they have another wide receiver there, which probably played a part in Juju Smith-Schuster not being an option for them. Uh, you mentioned Carl Lawson, yeah. So they just got to sort out the quarterback situation. That's a lot to sort out. Yeah, it's easy though. Yeah, I don't think it'd be that bad. Um, the Dolphins waived Isaiah Wilson. After that is trading. amazing. So first round pick last year to the Titans. I think he practiced five times. He never played, right, Breach? He okay. had two COVID situations. Uh, he, he did play a few snaps last year. I think it was literally like four or five snaps. And the oh, COVID cool. situations are because he kept going on public. He was at a college right. party in August before the season started. I think uh, maybe there was a DUI in there somewhere. Yes, there was. Yeah, there was a DUI in there. I don't want to say that. Oh, no, no, that, that's, that's right. That's right. Okay. Because I was actually talking about it with somebody on radio, and they were like, and they were like, and the DUI. I was like, oh, right, right. Yeah, that probably led to his release as well. That was, was September trade. 12th. So that was literally the first week of the season. And you know what? You know what's kind of interesting? I like, uh, this flies in the face of my Titans pick, but I do think John Robinson, who's done a very good job as the general manager there, has sort of had some rough misfires lately in free agency, in free agency and in the draft because they declined to pick up the fifth year option for Corey Davis. You know, they'd have him on a fairly reasonable deal this year. 15 and a half million dollars. That's a lot of money for Corey Davis. Cause that's and, why I was like, I love the juju thing. Cause that's only $8 million, like 8 million for Corey Davis. Sure. Like 15 and a half. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 15 and a half is a lot. When the dolphins yeah. traded for Isaiah Wilson, they swapped seventh round picks with the Titans. So the Titans basically get to move up in the seventh round for nothing. Because the Dolphins don't get anything out of it. Yeah, but the Titans. But my point was like, so they they didn't do the fifth year option on Corey Davis. Then they didn't do the fifth year option, or before that they didn't do the fifth year option on Jack Conklin. And because they didn't use the fifth year option on Jack Conklin, he left in free that, agency, went to the Browns, point. and they drafted Isaiah Wilson specifically as his replacement, and they traded him for a seventh swapping seventh round picks a year later. Like right now, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I like. That. Yeah, I just sort of meant that. They've made some, you know, they said that the clowny signing last year didn't work out. You know, uh, they, Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley didn't work out. So there's. And you could say they were desperate and that's why they made those signings, but you knew that your edge rush situation was going to be garbage. So you have to sort of figure Correct. that out before it's too late. There, Yeah. There's some reasons to question how the Titans, I and mean, the Titans have been good. Like, I'm not, I don't want to dog on, you know, the Ryan Tannehill trade was awesome. Um, they made the AJ Brown draft was fantastic, but there's, but what does it say about Isaiah Wilson? Like he had a second chance to start over in Miami and he was there a week and a half. So he also went to to a party on South beach for new year's Eve. Uh, So he was in Miami while he was still playing for the Titans. And this is how you get released quickly. According to Tom Pelissero. Uh, He was hours late for his physical. So that's, that's a strike. He was late for his onboarding process, which maybe, Getting to Miami? I don't know. Number three, he didn't show up for voluntary workouts. He had committed to attending on both Thursday and Friday of last week. God, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a, you traded a seventh round pick for a guy. It's like, all right, move on. I mean, clearly, like, clearly this guy has some off field stuff that he just. And look, Jim try. Nagy, the senior bowl director, who's a scout forever, said this the other day on Twitter. People actually were sort of clapped back at him. I think that's how the kids say it, according to Debo. Uh, he said, "Not everyone wants. Not everyone in the NFL likes football. Like they, it's a job. Like they're, you know, we. They're people that we know that have jobs that just go to work because they got to pay bills, and that's how some people feel. And maybe that's you mentioned off field situation. Maybe there's something else going on. But if he doesn't like football, he doesn't like football. So well, yeah. and that's you see, you know, like the, the Tom Brady's of the world. They eat 
sleep, drink football. That is all they do. It is not a job. It is they want to win at all costs. And you definitely have players who maybe they're in it for the money because it is a job. And that's why I think you see things like Russell Wilson saying, I want to have the same personnel. Might not necessarily have to do with the fact that, hey, I want to bring in the best players. I'll take a guy that's, uh, you know, 2% worse if he loves football and the other guy doesn't and just views it as a job. Because, you know, it is. There are a lot of guys who just view it as a job and aren't in that kind of win at all cost mode that you see guys like Tom Brady in. And by the way, he made $6.4 million last year. That is his to keep, I would imagine. I don't think they're going to get back a signing bonus because he was there for a year, right? Or did they get prorated parts of it because the whole contract was... How does that work? Uh, I think he gets everything. No, no, no. You could have... It depends what his contract said about voiding stuff because he had the DUI. There's... there's, are, a, he, there's, a, he, there's enough off-field and COVID stuff that they could probably void some of the stuff, but, I mean, he's going to get... So he's he, I'm going to just guess he's gotten at least $3 million out of this. Like 6.4 yeah. would, would be the max. Why do you he, think he's in South Beach partying? But, I mean, now the, the cash flow is, is drying up. So is I feel like this is way worse than the Seahawks undrafted free agent guy trying to sneak someone in as a Seahawks personnel person. At least that's inventive. At least you're trying. You're still getting cut, but at least you're not just showing up late for practice. You, let me ask you this. Do you think that this is a part of this is um, a result? And by the way, Isaiah Wilson was the, the draft pick where the guy was pooping in the background of, of Mike Rabel's house. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Do you think that this is part partially a result of NFL teams being unable to do the full scouting process on guys? No. I don't think so. I mean, okay. and even last year during the fall, the scouts were traveling, so they were able to talk to true, true everybody and their brother. I don't think that's what it was. I think maybe to your point that they sort of say, des- desperation. Like it was desperate. That's right. They lost Conklin, and maybe there were salary cap issues last year. I can't remember, but they lost him to Cleveland, and and they had to had a hold of Phil. I have to look and see. But when you take a starting tackle out of a, a power five school, especially the SEC, you don't think they're going to just completely tank like this. No. I mean, that's the other thing. There's he no way you other... could see something like this coming. Played on the other side of Andrew Thomas, who, you know, he struggled last year, but he didn't give up. And, you know, by the end, he was playing much better. So, right, that's right. That's the other thing. Well, remember, he was the fifth tackle taken in the yeah, first. Yeah, I'm trying to look. Trying to look it was Andrew quick. Thomas, Makai Becton. Or excuse me, Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, Makai Becton, Tristan Wirfs. So that's the, in the first 13 picks. And then the Dolphins grabbed uh, Austin Jackson, which you know leads you to believe that they were probably at least considering Isaiah Wilson there before going with Jackson, you know, since they were the team that got in on him. Um, and then, and then Jackson was taken. So I'm looking at the rest of the tackles drafted last year. No one had a, but uh, he was the, st- he was the sixth tackle taken. Excuse me. Six. That's right. And, but Ezra Cleveland, um, he may get to play this year because they, Riley reef is, is gone in, in Minnesota. But I mean, Josh Jones, I don't think he played a lot last year. So you go through these names, and Matt Pert had to play for the Giants. I know Giants fans were sort of mixed on that. But there's no one that screams, oh, my God, how'd you pass up that guy when you needed an offensive tackle? So maybe yeah, they but yeah, re- no, I would agree with that, but I think it sort of reminds me of, and we'll see how this pans out, but like the, the Packers drafting A.J. Dillon or the uh, Jets drafting Denzel Mims, they ba- the, t- the Titans basically got stuck on the tail end of a, t- a tackle run. You know, That's five, right. yeah. five guys, five guys who were really good last year over on, on balance go before him and they're just sort of jammed and have to. And take. that's where, you know, you say, oh, we lost someone. We need to fill that. But you also have to be aware that you can't just reach like that. You have five yeah. tackles go in the top 20. The Titans didn't pick until 29th overall. So they could have said, all right, we had three guys on our board. They all got taken. Let's move to another position. You don't take the sixth best player 
at your position who might have been a second round pick on your draft board because uh, you know you're afraid of losing all the tackles. You were in a bad spot. You didn't trade up, and so it, yeah, one of you guys said it. They, it seems like they just panicked and they took Isaiah Wilson, and that pick has blown up in their face. I will yeah, say I, this: I, yeah, um, late last last year, late in the draft process, Isaiah Wilson was a name that people were talking about as a possible possibly sneaked in the first round. And I'll be honest: like I watch all these players, like offensive tackles and, and guards and centers. I don't have any real sense for who's technically sound. I, I know if they're doing a good job in terms of blocking, but I, I don't, like Isaiah Simmons, Isaiah Wilson didn't exactly jump off the screen when I watched him. I was like, oh, he's just, a, he's a really thick guy and he, he moves okay, but he's not as nearly as good as Andrew Thomas. But, you know, at that time of year, you don't know what to believe either. So maybe people were talking Isaiah Wilson up or maybe they weren't, but he ended up going in the first round. So it was, it was still surprising. But I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, basically being two months in, they're like, oh my God, what have we done? It's a good lesson too, though, because some of the guys taken after him, T. Higgins and Michael Pittman, look like impact wide receivers. Chase Claypool in the second round, you know, and I, I get that, you know, Titans didn't need a wide receiver last year, but wouldn't I mean, you know, you'd obviously much rather have one of those guys on there now, especially with uh, Corey Davis gone, Lavisca Chenault, you could throw in that mix as well. Yeah. And then if you want to focus on defense, I mean, Yeto Gross Matos is a, a defensive lineman, an edge guy that they would love to have. He was he was great for the Panthers last year. Jeremy Chin went in the second round, although after. The Titans picked a uh, a second time. You know, Van Jefferson. You have running backs out here with like J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers. You know, I wouldn't worry too much about that. But Antoine Winfield. I mean, I'm just saying, there's that second round was really good last year, and the Titans, you know, could have had any number of those guys instead of Isaiah Wilson. But because they didn't have that option on Conklin, because they had that hole, because they wanted thought they could win this year, they were they probably reached on him, and and as a result, ended up. You know, that's 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 how you can set yourself back in a big way uh, from a franchise perspective. Um, all right. Winners and losers from the weekend. Let's do those real quick. Wilson, a winner. Oh, let's see. Let me look at the rundown real quick so I can refresh my memory. Of course, I I shut it down. Breach, go ahead. I look this up. Real quick. Uh, my winner is Kenny Galladay. Man got paid $18 million a year. Nobody thought he was going to be able to get that kind of money. The Giants outbid themselves. Uh, and if you think you're in a market where you're going to get 13, 14, or 15 million, you land 18 million, you're a winner. I uh, let you go first, Breach, as a test, and you failed. I'm going with Riley Reef because <laughs> he's going to, more uh, more specifically, Riley Reef is, is the guy, but the winner. Well, how about is, Joe Burrow? Yeah. I was going to say Joe Burrow is the winner because they signed Riley Reef to play tackle. What? Uh, jokes on you because now I'm the winner because I wanted one of you guys to call the Bengals a winner. Boom. So uh, Joe Burrow's the winner. And another quarterback from Cincinnati, formerly of Cincinnati now, is also the winner because Ryan Phelan is going to be the starting quarterback in Houston in a couple months because he got traded there. <laughs> I don't know if that makes him a winner. <laughs> it makes Texas fans losers. I know that much. Um, I was going to say Daniel Jones is an obvious winner. Um, but I will say Vic Fangio is a winner. For now. I mean, you know what Look. He he needed more pieces on the back end of his of his defensive line, uh, excuse me, on the back end of his defense, and he was able to get him because they signed Justin Simmons. To, Justin Simmons is perfect in his defense. Kyle Fuller will be great in his defense, and so I think that deep. We'll see how the offense and the quarterback work. But I mean, if we, if I told you Drew Locke was an average quarterback next year, you would say that the Broncos are winning seven or eight games minimum. Average, yeah. Average is eight. I mean, that's maximum. That's what average means. And Brinson, you said four should be good with Vic Fangio. He already was good once with Vic, right. our, uh, Vic Fangio, who was uh, Fangio's defense coordinator in Chicago from 2015 to 2018. Correct. And four, four was there 
for all four of those seasons and was very good during those four seasons. All right. How about a loser breach? Uh, I'm going to say the Houston Texans. Um, they just got Ryan Finley. I, well, you know what, Ryan? I know they're your winner, but here I, they're in an impossible quarterback situation right now. Uh, with all an, the, un, an unprecedented quarterback, uh, unprecedented because look, here's here's where you are. If you somehow trade Deshaun Watson at this point, you're getting less compensation. Nobody's going to give you what they were going to give you a month ago uh, because of every th- all the controversy surrounding him and all these uh, lawsuits out there that are alleging, uh, you know, all sexual assault, sexual misconduct. So Deshaun Watson's value has shot down. And if no one trades for him, then Sean Watson is stuck on your roster when he made it clear that he does not want to be playing for your football team. So you're stuck with a quarterback who doesn't want to play for you, who is still controversial. Uh, so this is the Texans are literally in a no win situation here. Uh, so sorry, Texans. I feel sorry for you, but you're my loser. I'm going with Isaiah Wilson. We just talked about it. I mean, he was a first round pick 11 months ago, and now he is currently out of the NFL. That's a pretty easy answer. Uh, does Does Mr. Trubisky qualify as a loser? Why? He's got to take back two point five million to be a backup. He's a winner. He's going to be in a really good football team. No pressure. He's an upgrade over Matt Barkley. He yeah. plays an offense that fits exactly what he does as Josh Allen two point Like a loser, Mr. Trubisky. If he's if he has to go back to Chicago. Okay. How about a loser? I can't remember the days and times anymore because it's just college basketball on Monday. Uh, how about uh, Michael Brockers? Because <laughs> he had to go apologize to, to He Jared did apologize, Cole. so that's good. <laughs> so now they're all friends, so maybe he's a winner. Yeah, that's true. Um, whatever. That's I'll 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 say those are my two losers. Actually, I'll say the I'll say the Jaguars are losers. Why? I don't think they've done a whole lot that's really impressive in, in free oh, agency. In general. Okay. And I think part of the problem is that Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke have not been in prominent roles negotiating with free agents over the last few years. And they, you, oh, oh, in the last few years. I thought you meant the last few weeks. No. And, and no, as a result, like they just don't have the. Um, yeah, but that talks, baby. You'd think so, but they got all the money. Maybe and they, ended, and they yeah. ended up signing Carlos Hyde. So we'll see. Um <laughs> All right, that's the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for chatting. For Wilson and Breach of Palooza, I'm Will. We'll see you guys later. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 